0: So we just heard President Joe Biden address the nation on the collapse of not just the Silicon Valley Bank, but also Signature Bank, where uh, the Federal uh, Deposit Insurance Corporation said that they're going to cover the assets of those uh, depositors in those banks. Uh, this, uh, of course, is just the, the the what some see possibly the beginning uh, there's a lot of talk over the weekend about is this going to spread uh, to other banks? What kind of contagion is there going to be from this? Uh, because uh, Silicon Valley Bank, uh, one of the the nation's largest banks, not being able to make good on uh, depositors withdrawals, that uh, that raises significant questions. But we heard uh, President Joe Biden uh, just uh, there at the top of the hour addressing the nation, saying that uh, there are going to be no taxpayer funds for these particular banks. So, Could this be just the beginning or what's going on here? Uh, Joining me in studio is Mark Hurley. He's uh, been a a guest here frequently after he uh, retired from the uh, Illinois Air National Guard as a colonel. And Mark, uh, thanks for taking time. Uh, You've got a certain perspective here, and I definitely want to hear from you. Um, Your thoughts on the the president just now? Well, good
1: morning. And it was retired out of the Michigan Air National Guard and off of active duty for many last five years. Um, So... Uh, First, I want to just compliment the quick reaction of the Fed and and the Biden administration on this issue. Um, They had to pull together a lot of work over over the weekend, um, and that would hopefully reduce any risks of – this happening additionally this week. Although I do think there are a couple of banks out there that you're going to have to watch. Uh, so I would recommend to your viewers, you know, watch the stock market if you see that that bank ticker uh, falling. You know, like First Republic or uh, Pacific Western. You know, um, then you may want to watch what's going on with that bank if you have assets in that bank. Okay. Uh, but again, compliment the Fed on their quick reaction. Um, but I want to remind the viewers, how did we get to this point? Uh, and really, it comes down to two things. The first is internal bank management, which, of course, everybody's talking about right now. And and President Biden even said those folks are going to be uh, fired and they should be. But you know they they made investments of certain types particularly in bonds and securities that were long-term investments and when the fed rose the interest, you know raised the interest rates so rapidly in such a short period of time it didn't give bank managements an opportunity to uh to reallocate their assets, and I think that's partly what put us in this situation. Um, so, uh, particularly in these particular banks, where you're dealing with a lot of innovative technology, whether it be cryptocurrencies or whether it be other technology, um, and if you the more you analyze these specific banks in, in terms of uh, signature and also the the Silicon Valley uh, bank. You'll see that they were heavily invested in Innovative technologies and, and deposits Of that nature.
0: And a lot of startups A lot a of, lot start of startups, startups that may have been Fueled by a mm-hmm. glut of uh, Dollars that was pumped into The economy from uh, the COVID-19 pandemic uh, relief uh, you know, Funds that were approved On, on a bipartisan mm-hmm. basis, mind you uh, But uh, you've got this now uh, You think this is going to spread further or do you think That the Fed over the weekend with the FDIC uh, They had a Long weekend. Do uh, you think that they took the appropriate steps to possibly stem this off from uh, further uh, further spread? Oh,
1: absolutely. And I think that the uh, the fact that they're not using taxpayers' dollars is, in, is important. It'll be interesting to watch to see what else they're going to do in terms of changing the rules to reduce the risks of this happening again. Um, some of those rules could be good and some of them could be bad, depending on your perspective. Um, I find it very interesting that 93% of the Silicon Valley... Uh, bank was sup- uh, supposed to be uninsured by FDIC, but they're covering all of the deposits. Okay, so as you're looking at that, um, you start to think, well, okay, so now FDIC is also covering more than that 250 thousand that was originally promised uh, right. per uh, uh, per bank, or excuse me, per um, individual individual. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Um, So again, you know, a lot of what we're seeing that drove the management of the banks to make certain decisions was created, um, you know, originally under COVID. If you look back, we never really uh, uh, found an appropriate solution to what was a supply chain problem. And so instead, the Biden administration increased regulations, increased spending, right, that created inflation that caused the Fed to... Uh, to raise interest rates, right? And so the Fed will raise until the banks break. And I think we're at that point where the banks are saying, hey, we're about to break. And so we need to watch what's going on relative to that. Um, And and the Fed should have been, you know, examining the risk to the banks when they were doing this. Uh, And I don't think that, you know, we have massive bureaucracies in place that should have been watching this and should have been ready. So it's that type of... I am I'm concerned that hey somebody took their eyes off the ball, okay? Well, and-
0: do you think it was because these uh as we heard reported over the over the weekend, a lot of these uh, CEOs with S with the Silicon Valley bank were more focused on, you know, uh, DEI for instance, diversity, equity and inclusion or right. you know, uh various social justice issues or I think even uh you know, they were organizing ski trips for their high-ranking uh, Latina uh, 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 officers or something to, is, is that really a bank's focus Or should they be focused on you know, Making sure that their depositors are safe From yeah. a, a bank collapse They
1: should be focused on making money Right <laughs> um, and, and social engineering Really is not part of their call And so they did, did a great disservice Not only to their own uh, Bank but and their, their Customers but also to the nation At large now and so we need to move off of this social engineering stuff, if that's what they were doing. I'm, you know, in certain cases, I don't think that's what they were doing. Um, you're going to see multiple banks here that were on the edge. Each of them were invested in high risk areas, and and so you need to, we need to, you know, look a little closer, analyze a little more. Um, but I do want to say that, you know, I want to ask the question to the to the listeners out there: Are you prepared if things get worse? Right. So, you know, do you have cash on the side, you know, outside the banks? Do you have commodities available like gold and silver or or other things for trade? Do you have food and water and shelter available? Do you have an independent energy source and independent communications, independent transportation? You know these are things we don't we take for granted and not everybody gets prepared uh for things like this and and hopefully you know everything that the fed has done will you know calm the waters we'll know in the next couple of days if, if it hasn't or not but if and we'll also see in march when the fed uh meets again i suspect they're not going to raise the interest rate again uh at least not for you know, uh, a little while. You know, how long that lasts, who knows. But I suspect at this next meeting they won't raise it. Um, but it will be interesting to watch. As we move down this
0: path well, and We'll watch it closely uh, Going to take a break and then come back And uh, talk about uh, how this And even the uh, you know now almost three full years Of COVID-19 And all of the lockdowns that happened And the the vaccine mandates And the mask mandates And the digital passports And all of this stuff How that bleeds into uh, the need For focusing on a digital bill of rights My guest is retired Air Force Colonel uh, Mark Hurley here in studio with us On WMAY a lot more to come here on springfield's morning news stay talk Talk. Talking with Mark Hurley in studio. He's a retired Air Force Colonel, getting his reaction to some of the news of the day this morning. Uh, of course, talking about the um, uh, the failure of Silicon Valley Bank and President Joe Biden saying no taxpayer dollars are going to be used to bail them out. Uh, but you've also got uh, New York Signature Bank that uh, FDIC stepping in as well. Uh, is this just the beginning, or did they take the necessary steps over the weekend to uh, uh, deal with that? But uh, Mark, one thing that we were talking off air about uh, digital. And just to touch on it briefly, um, you know, it, it had Bitcoin drop down below 20,000 over the weekend, but it jumped back up like 10%. Uh, just touch br- just briefly on that. Sure. I, I think
1: that uh, a lot of the investors that are in, in the altcoins and the Bitcoin are, are hoping that it will eventually be um, either disconnected from the markets as we see them, that they have their own value. Right. Um, And that's really what needs to be established over time. Uh, One of the things that that we've been looking at is, um, you know, just in general, that we don't treat our data as valuable. We've, and that sort of came out of the last 20 years with the way we treat the internet and the way we treat our social media, right? Um, but in reality, our social media is our history, right? When, when we put something up there, that's our history. That's our data we often are very creative when we do that okay so that's our creation um our our files our employment files our education files our medical files that is our data and i think that that organizations that are housing this data for us whether it be corporations or whether it be government have often forgotten that we own that right that that we need and, and we need to do a better job of asserting our rights to that. And so what you're seeing and why I tie this all together with Bitcoin is Bitcoin can provide you a certain amount of freedom, right? Because it is not pegged against anything. It is pegged against itself. Okay. Unlike some of the other co- uh, altcoins that are out there, they're pegged against certain things, like the U.S. dollar or the Chinese yuan. And or so, how
0: many times Elon Musk talks about Dogecoin or whatever. Absolutely. Yeah. Or,
1: or Shiba In- yeah. In- yep. Inu. Um, And and so the banks, just so you know, the central banks, as long as we're talking about banking, right, uh, the central banks are looking at creating their own digital currencies. And they're doing that because China has already done theirs. Russia has already done theirs. And, oh, by the way, both China and Russia peg theirs against gold. Okay, so We need to be looking at stuff like that. We need to have a, um, you know, a developed strategic plan. That's exactly what the European Union did. Uh, We need to establish a – Digital Bill of Rights and this is particularly important because we are moving into an area where artificial intelligence is going to be making Decisions for us. So I know a lot of your listeners probably heard some of that last week And so I just wanted to reassert some of that sure, Um, you know, don't forget Your cell phone gives off so much data. How many of you out there have already seen where You know, you'll be saying something like, hey, I need to go on vacation down to Florida and all of a sudden (laughs) up on Google comes discount rates to certain hotels and airlines, right? Okay, your data is all connected. It is constantly being transferred and we need to do a better job of protecting our data.
0: Well, and when we talk about this, I'm going to go into the the news break here uh, a little bit late, but Mm -hmm. uh, I think this is important that we do discuss this a bit more Um, when we talk about, you know, centralized uh, authority, you know, the Federal Reserve very much is that it's a Bank, but what uh, Bitcoin does is a decentralized currency with a decentralized blockchain that has to use independent nodes all around the world to verify the information on that. It's not just for uh, you know currency exchanges, uh, but you could also see its usefulness for uh, everything from uh, you know your mortgage and your title uh, to your healthcare records and so on. Uh, but Mark, um, here we are. We're facing you know coming up on three years of the the COVID pandemic and all of the steps. That were taken from you know telling people you can't go and hang out at church, you can't uh, keep your business open, you can't send your kids to school, uh, and, and variety of things that led to uh, different types of mandates. Uh, whenever the vaccines came out, to have people carry around on their cell phones uh, a vaccine pass system, which gave you a green check mark if you were good or a red check mark if you weren't. Uh, I mean, these types of things. They're all very much connected. Uh, so, to talk a bit about you know how now three years later from COVID nineteen um, were these steps appropriate or did they do more harm? What are what are some of the the, the, the experts really talking about now uh, three years into this? Well, last week you had Hillsdale College that actually put together
1: together a series of six different uh, seminars discussing this issue, um, and one of uh, those uh, a number of those uh, different speakers were talking about how not only did we face a pandemic from COVID itself, which was serious, but we also faced a what was essentially a second pandemic in which the vaccine, which didn't present. Uh, You know, it didn't prevent uh, any uh, transmission. It didn't prevent you from getting the disease. In fact, a lot of people who took the vaccine ended up getting it, uh, you know, a few days later, getting or getting the uh, getting the disease a few days later. Um, So what they what they gave us was imperfect. Let's put it that way.
0: It didn't work. Okay. So- well, not just the the vaccine not stopping transmission, but even like the stay at home orders, right, uh, and even the you know remote schooling, uh, right. these things they they were definitely imperfect, and they they didn't necessarily make the situation better. In some instances, probably made the situation worse in many cases, like the masks,
1: clearly, you know, we were under mask mandate in, in so many different ways, right? And so they, they were doing things that weren't provable, okay? So what I wanna get to is, okay, I know that there are some people that were harmed by the vaccine. In fact, if you go out to the VIRS database, which is a CDC database, 1.5 million people wow. had adverse reactions or died. And so there's a new book out by Ed Dowd, who is an actuarial for insurance companies, in which he, he outlines, and, and I've got a copy of the book right here, and it, it's very shocking when you go through it, but it's a very quick read. But he's got pictures of people, uh, and a lot of them were young, right uh that have passed away and and you'll see a lot of things coming out about sudden death and things of that nature okay and so we need to really be prepared not only did at one point did we defend those who didn't want to take the vaccine but now those who have taken the vaccine and have adverse reactions we need to take care of them and so the question is, how do we best go about doing that? Um, and so I don't, I don't want to be an alarmist out there, I, you know. Not, but in in year one in 2020, what you had was a, a spike in deaths. In 2021, uh, when the vaccine was already out, you also saw another spike in deaths. Okay, that was significantly higher than in 2020 when the when the COVID initially hit. You're now seeing a lot of um, death rate information that needs to be analyzed properly to see what caused that. And un- unfortunately, we're at that stage where it's still being analyzed. But Ed Dowd is saying, hey, folks, take a look at what I've written, right? And there's also a video out there by um, uh, Dr. Naomi Wolf in which she talks about um, uh, miscarriages and birth defects. And so all I'm saying to the public is, look, this is not over. No. You need to go back and take a look at it and say, hey, they didn't give us a great solution. They don't know what the long-term effects are. And so that's what that's really why I'm here.
0: And really, too, uh, you know, you've got the investigation that Congress is uh, doing, and they've even unanimously approved to uh, unveil uh, all of the the classified information about the origins of COVID-19. Even the World Health Organization saying it's morally imperative that we find out the origins of COVID-19. And listen, how the uh, how the reaction to the virus, not necessarily the virus itself, but the reaction to the virus of the government with their stay-at-home orders and with their vaccine mandates and other mandates. Uh, There has to be a a deep dive into how people were impacted by that, how our uh, individual selves were impacted by that, but also how our freedoms and liberties were impacted by that as well. Uh, Not the last time we're going to talk. Absolutely. Mark Hurley, a retired Air Force colonel, thank you so much for taking time with us. Uh, We'll connect again soon, All right. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. It is Springfield's Morning News on 92.7 WMA